Connor Bedard is a point per game through three games so far. We'll talk about some first NHL goals in this past week, uh, including Marco Rossi, David Juracek, and a lot more. And then we'll end things off with Jerome Aginlis' son, who's eligible for the 2024 NHL draft. All coming up on today's episode of Locked On NHL Prospects. You are Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to Lockdown NHL Prospects, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. On this podcast, we break down everything prospects related for you five days a week, Monday to Friday. I'm Hattie Kalakesh, joined by Sebastian High, and on today's episode, we'll be talking about Connor Bedard, first and foremost, uh, going a point per game so far through three games, and honestly, just running the show in Chicago right now. Um, we'll have a middle segment regarding some first NHL goals across the NHL, including Marco Rossi, David Yerichek, um, Thomas Bordalo, a lot more. Uh, we'll get into that very soon. They'll end things off with a segment on a 2024 NHL draft eligible that's a bit special. Um, and Tij Aginla, Jerome Aginla's son, um, he's been on fire to start the WHL season with Kelowna. And uh, we'll kind of break down his game a bit and let you know what to expect on his side. But before we get into any of that, today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe. Uh, leave us a comment letting us know what you want us to talk about next. And if you have any questions about prospects, leave them down below. And if you're listening on your favorite podcast platform, make sure to make us your first listen of the day. So let's get right into it, Sebastian. We've got Connor Bedard going a point per game so far through three games. And like I said, he's running the show right now in Chicago. Often, I, oftentimes when he's on the ice, it's him and a bunch of guys, essentially. Uh, and every single play goes through him. Every single play flows through him. Um, what have you liked so far from him um, in the NHL um, pertaining to how translatable this game is? Well, I mean, I watched last night's, well, from date of recording, uh, game versus the Habs. And uh, yeah, every time he's on the ice, my eyes were glued to Connor Bedard. Uh, there yeah. was a reason that very, like, I don't think a single public scout that I knew of was particularly concerned about how Connor Bedard would translate to the NHL. And it's pretty clear to see why. Uh, he's had no issue, really. Like, yes, he's gotten a hit a couple times, get a couple whacks after a whistle, kind of get, get him riled up a little bit. But yeah. Uh, he's he's doing just fine at the NHL level. And with a puck on a stick, there was no player that could even come close to his ability on the ice yesterday in yeah. terms of, of overall dynamic ability or skill or confidence or game-breaking talent. He was already the best player on the ice against some pretty solid players. I mean, like, while they're far from franchise-level talents, guys like mm -hmm. Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki are... NHL stars, they're very, very good players. And uh, Connor Bedard uh, did not make a, a competition yesterday of who the best player on the ice was. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, Chicago's looking a lot more dynamic than they were last season already. Like the the power play that was so uh, lifeless last year uh, mm -hmm. is still quite lifeless as a whole, but they have Connor Bedard and the entire tactic on that power play is to get him out of the puck yeah <laughs> uh, i i was really impressed with seth jones determination to follow that tactic because he did it su supremely well and i think his his power play numbers are going to take a big boost with that one little uh, strategy by just yep. getting the puck to Connor bedard 
And uh, yeah, he was creating all the time. The Habs had to consistently, like frantically restructure their, their, their defense when he was like taking, like like, like breaking ankles and, and, and really attacking it, that structure and getting towards a slot. You saw a lot of like desperation plays that were forced by the yeah. Habs and they mostly worked, but the fact that, that they were forced in the first place is already quite indicative of kind of our skill level. So uh, yeah, he's a point of game so far through three games and he probably should have more than three points too. Oh, definitely. Um, as soon as he gets the, 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 the ball rolling on his shooting percentage, because right now he's taking a lot of shot attempts and teams have started to adapt, but he will as well. As soon as that happens, oh my goodness, this is going to be a lethal yeah. player. Um, I think he he definitely led the Chicago Blackhawks in shot attempts in that last game against the Canadians. Oh, yeah. uh, it's a 3-2 loss for Chicago. Um, Bedard got a secondary assist on the second goal um, at 6-on-5, and uh, almost got another assist as uh, Seth Jones hit the post in the last seconds of the game. Yeah. Um, and he yeah, himself I mean, hit the post too, I believe. Yeah, no, he had a post as well. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, he he was really all over the place, but in a really good way. I mean, everything went and flowed through him, and it's so obvious how skillful he is. And I think that you know, it's just a matter of time before we're talking about a Connor Bedard, who's a top three, top five player in the NHL for sure. Oh, um, for sure. He's definitely going to be competing one day with with McDavid, based on what I've seen in the past three games, but also based on all we've seen from him in this draft year and the year before, and how dominant he's been at every stage he's been in since the beginning of you know Connor Bedard on the international stage. I mean, we're looking at a player who almost definitely is going to evolve into a fantastic, fantastic NHLer. Um, but you know what I'm what I'm kind of adamant on in terms of what his production will be is that from the start of the year i've always said that bedard is almost definitely going to be a point per game player in this draft year um he has been so far but it's a three game sample do you see that carrying on or do you see him taking a dip because you know what we're seeing right now from him is some never before seen stuff you know the, the the last time we saw a player that just basically took a whole team in charge was essentially mcdavid right you could argue maybe Matthews in his in his D plus one, but but that's a bit more marginal. Um, I think with McDavid, even then in his rookie season, he missed half the year, so it's hard to make that argument too, based on just yeah. pure man games played. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think with with Bedard, like my, my preseason prediction was for him to get like sixty five points in seventy ish games. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I could I could see that shifting. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I he could he could get ninety points in eighty two games, very very conceivably like i uh through three games um i have very very little concern with the offensive abilities already being at the elite level in the nhl uh with the defense i mean there were definitely a couple flashes in the the first couple games of things that uh coaches are going to want to work on like uh, his his non-existent back check on the sean monahan goal was a bit of an issue uh, when 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 you you don't even like break a sweat trying to chase after Sean Monahan of all players, uh, who Connor Bedard probably could have caught up with on that break. Yeah. Uh, there's yeah, like like definitely things to work on in terms of situations where he's used to giving up uh, on on plays that he can't really get by doing at the NHL level. Mm-hmm. Uh, but those are smaller details, and I mean, look, Chicago's not going. To make the playoffs this year, I don't think that conceding that one goal of Sean Monahan, which was the game-winning goal, to be fair, uh, is going to really change much uh, for the Blackhawks. But that was one, one play where I thought, like, okay, that, that's a bit of a rookie play for Bedard. But 
that mm-hmm. that's going to get ironed out. Um, he's not going to be a Selkie winner at any point in his career, I don't think. But he's he's not going to be non-existent back check versus one of the slower players in the league level. So uh, yeah. I definitely think there's still some some growing room for Bedard in terms of like that off puck and defensive play. But offensively, he's already elite and already um, commanding the ice, the puck on a stick, which is just so impressive. Absolutely. I mean, I'm looking forward to see kind of how, how it plays out for Bedard, but I'm still definitely 100% on the page of Bedard is, is the caliber of player who can score a point a game in his rookie year, which is an extremely occasional thing. I mean, truly, unless we're talking about 2005 when both Ovechkin and Crosby came in the league and we're just like, this is our league now. Um, it, it's It's not the same kind of... And it's not the same kind of NHL we had uh, at that time. Those are two really exceptional players anyway. So, you know, we're, we're talking about something that doesn't happen often, but I definitely think that Bedard can do that. Um, that wraps things up for our first segment. Now we'll talk about some first NHL goals in around the NHL uh, from this past week, right after these messages here at Locked On NHL Prospects. Sidney Crosby scores a hat trick. Your team wins the Stanley Cup, and you can win 100 times your money by playing daily fantasy hockey on the Sleeper app. These are all possible scenarios if you join Sleeper to play daily fantasy hockey. As the official daily fantasy hockey app of Locked On NHL, Sleeper is our top choice for daily fantasy sports. With Sleeper, you can win 100 times your daily cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. With studs like Conor Bedard and Sidney Crosby and Conor McDavid in this league, it is more exciting than ever. And you can make it even more exciting by taking some guesses as to who will score, who will have an assist, just how many saves a certain player is going to have, and more. You can win 100 times payouts on Sleeper, so start paying attention now and get your picks right. Use promo code LOCKDOWNNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's Locked on NHL. Sleeper's terms of use for details. All right, so moving on to our second segment where we talk about some first NHL goals across the NHL. I want to start off with Marco Rossi because it was about damn time. I mean, he's, about he's been... Damn time. He was on the fence uh, for that first NHL goal a couple times. I think he had a disallowed goal. I don't remember if it was last game or the couple days game. ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, he had a goal. Everyone was excited. Uh, it ended up being disallowed. Um, it was really but, pretty too. <laughs> it was really yeah, nice. No, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but now he's caught himself back against the Toronto Maple Leafs in a crushing loss. I mean, let's be honest. They lost seven four, and it wasn't really fairly remotely close. Um, it was close going into the third. It was 4-3 going into the third. There, there was a semblance yeah. of closeness, and then the third period happened. Yeah, and then William Nylander and Austin Matthews happened. Uh, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you you look at that goal, and it was just such a Marco Rossi goal. I mean, he he was net front, uh, banging the net, uh, just making sure that he stays in that dangerous ice as much as possible um, against some NHL-caliber defensemen who was able to outmuscle them. And as a puck bounced a couple times, it got up in the air right beside his head, and he manages to to um, bat it out of midair and into the back of the net um, against the Toronto Maple Leafs there for his first NHL goal. Do you see Marco Rossi becoming a regular um, in a top six uh, on Minnesota? Um, top six is quite packed, um, if we're honest. I mean, we're talking about a, a Marco Rossi who could be playing this next to Kirill Kaprasov, um, uh, Matt Zuccarello and the like. I mean, do you see him becoming a regular in that top six? 
I think with time, I think it might it might take a while. Again, this is a player who still really has to regain his footing in terms yeah. of just getting regular hockey minutes in general, let alone uh, in the NHL. He just needs to be yeah. playing some hockey. And the fact that it is happening in the NHL is already great news. And I think that he's going to get more minutes with more time. But at the very least, just to start off this season, I can understand why he's not cracked it just yet because yeah. you need him to regain some consistency before we can start playing with the level of confidence and mm-hmm. overall disruption that we know that Marco Rossi can play with. Uh, but it's also, again, as you said, pretty stacked. You have players like Matt Boldy in there that aren't going to be moving anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Um, Hartman just, just just signed a new extension and uh, is already scoring off uh, scoring some goals this season. So there's definitely some players in there that are going to be tough to budge out. That like there isn't always the most like uh, natural way for him to to get into that top six. But if injuries eventually occur, then I think he's one one of the players that could really put in a really nice shift in that like top end of the lineup because yeah. we know how skilled he is. We know how hard he works. We know just how versatile he is in basically every situation on the ice that you can kind of plug him in in there and know that he's going to do a pretty good job at it. Uh, but I'm, I'm so happy to see that he's gotten his first NHL goal. It's a great milestone and it's something to celebrate for a player who's had so little to, ce- to celebrate uh, since getting drafted. Uh, he's really had a, a horrible streak of bad luck, and I really, really hope that it's currently shifting with this goal. Yeah, um, moving on to Matt Coronado, who scored a really good goal um, on the power play uh, for the, the, the yeah. Calgary Flames. Um, I, I love the way he just pushed out into space and immediately was ready to take a shot. Um, great anticipation from the defenseman who was quarterbacking that power play to, to to read that movement and get him the puck right in his wheelhouse, and he was able to fire it within a tiny window in the top corner. Um, it was a great shot. Yeah. It was a fantastic shot. Um, Coronado's been really, really impressive to start off the year. Um, I've been fairly impressed with the way that he's played. I wasn't a big believer in his game in his draft year, um, but near the end there, I bumped him into the, the, the mid to late first round. Uh, I still have my reservations regarding his, his skating ability, regarding his, his translatability, it's l- at least in the defensive side, but what's for sure is that offensively he's going to rack up points and be a very good, very impactful player with a really strong motor as well, um, which, which really impressed me as well with his game. Um, there's also David Yurchek, who scored a beauty of a goal um yeah talk, talk me through kind of what that expectation is on the year check side because he's mainly in the lineup because zach Wierenski's out long term right exactly i mean he, he just got called up in the ahl and mm-hmm. he scored in his first game of the season uh here in the nhl and again as i said it was, it was a beautiful goal like it, it was he took his time with the puck on his stick he really like, like advanced up towards the hash marks and just sniped the puck home uh he yeah really beautiful shot and he's really showing off one of his stronger assets that mm-hmm. uh is going to be dangerous at the nhl level as a shot he he really can shoot the puck very well uh as far as season expectations <clears throat> again columbus made his life a bit more difficult by going out and acquiring two highly paid defensemen in the off season yeah. uh so there isn't necessarily the roster space to accommodate all the talent that columbus has on their blue line i mean you have other names like samislav fozil and on top of guys that were playing minutes last season like nick blankenberg and marcus bjork and tim bernie uh who i still think has to get signed um but you have a lot of bodies there that are may not necessarily proven but potential nhl players 
especially on a team like Columbus and uh, of their level. So uh, it's definitely a log jam uh, on defense. So you might see David Yerchek mainly playing in the AHL this season, which I don't think is a bad thing. Like uh, Yerchek was uh, definitely a bit more raw than a guy like Simon Yemitz was in his draft year. And while I do, th- I'm such a big believer in the tools and in the upside there, having a bit more time to refine all of that at the AHL level, I, I think is is quite good for his development. But I can understand why Blue Jackets fans might be itching to to see him play big minutes really, really soon, because I think he can. And he's already showing that uh, he's quite able to put in a shift at the NHL level. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're talking about a player who has some of the most tantalizing raw tools among defensemen, um, oh, you know, who's sure. not in the NHL right now. He's he's looking real exciting. The 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 shot, the the passing ability, the confidence, the um the ability with the puck on his stick, but also his ability to defend a rush, to defend his own zone. I mean, there's so many different areas in which he excels, but um I want to close things off here on this segment with uh, Thomas Bordalo, uh who is looking really good. I mean, we're we're talking about a player who kind of wasn't really in the limelight for the longest time until he kind of reached the AHL. And then it was so obvious how good he was and how skillful his, his skill set is. Um, and now he, this last game, he was playing on the line with William Eklund and that worked out really well for him. Um, and he scored his first NHL goal. I mean, I don't see the top six upside with, with Bordelow yet. I'm still kind of on the fence regarding that, but there's a chance. I mean, it's, he's a very skillful player. I just think that at the NHL level, you need a lot more than just skill in order to be able to stick in a top six. It's very rare that a player that has a negative defensive impact or isn't really the best along the boards or that kind of thing ends up being a full-time top six player, right? Yeah, I, I think that especially with like the the new talent that that, that San Jose kind of injected into, into their prospect pool at yeah. the last draft, it's harder to project Bordalo as a top six talent. I think he was mainly... Uh, kind of portrayed as such uh, due to the lack of depth in the San Jose prospect pool for the longest time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but where, whereas now I think he more naturally fits into that like third line projection long-term. And then you have guys like Musty and Smith that can take over the the, the top six minutes down the middle. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's been very, very solid. I think that Bordelow is a player who's demonstrated a lot of intelligence, a decent amount of skill. He's a strong playmaker. He can definitely put in a shift inside the top six. I just... Uh, I'm, I'm with you in terms of still having some question marks in terms of the long-term projectability of playing top six minutes on a contending lineup. Uh, but yeah, he's been off to a really solid start and he's another player on that San Jose lineup that is showing some nice little flashes of skill and what is likely going to be a, uh, a pretty dreadful season for that, 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 that team as a whole. But if you can have fun moments from the youth just like this, it'll be a lot less painful. But w- w- one last thing I want to shoehorn into this segment. It's not a first NHL goal, but it's a first NHL point for podcast favorite Zach Benson, who got yep. an, a secondary assist. But more impressively than that, has been commanding play on the ice so far in his NHL career, despite Buffalo losing both first games of the season. Uh, <laughs> here's, a, here's a hilarious stat coming from Sabermetrics on Twitter, which is a good follow. Uh, so far, uh, it, through two games, the Buffalo Sabres have a 29.98 expected goals for percentage when Zach Benson is on the bench. When Zach Benson is on the ice, that 29.9% jumps up to 67%, which is good. 
Uh, and Zach Benson is fun, and he makes me happy. And he's a yeah. very, very fun hockey player who's been uh, great at the NHL level, and he brings me joy. Just wanted to pop that in here because uh, I, I think we are basically a Zach Benson podcast now. Uh, so th- there's there's a daily dose there. Yeah, I mean, who would have known that Zach Benson would be good in the NHL? Um, but yeah, that wraps things up for our second segment. Now we'll talk about Tej Aginla, Jerome Aginla's son, who's eligible for the 2024 NHL draft and is off to a torrid start in the uh in the whl with Kelowna, we'll get into that right after these messages here at locked on nhl prospects passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and far more whether you're, you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for with eBay Motors. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices that you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die, ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. All right, so ending things off with our final segment here regarding uh, Teja Ginla, Jerome McGinnis' son, um, who is eligible for the 2024 NHL draft. Some of you might feel old <laughs> hearing that. Uh, but yeah, we've got um, the son of a uh, Hall of Famer uh, going into the 2024 NHL draft and looking fairly good in this uh, in this early season, right? I mean, he's off to a, a decent start in terms of point production. He's playing on the line with Andrew Cristal. Um I, you know, I, I see him as a bit of an outsider to, to get into the first round. I don't think, I don't think he's there yet, um, if ever. But we're looking at a player who has great off-puck instincts, a great a great shot, um, and everything he does off the puck is really solid, right? Oh, for sure. I mean, he's had a goal game through eight games in the, in the, in the WHL so far. He has 11 points with that. Uh, and he's been playing a lot of hockey with Andrew Crystal. Uh, in every situation, on I've seen him playing with Andrew Crystal on the penalty kill of all of all situations, which is uh, entertaining to say the least. Yep. Uh, but with all that game time, with a player as elite of a playmaker and a play driver as Andrew Crystal is, at least at a WHL level, mm-hmm. Ginla's in a very very good position this season. Whereas last year he was a kind of complementary depth piece on a dominant and stacked Seattle team. This year he is probably the secondary uh, offensive piece on that lineup uh, behind Andrew Crystal. And that's been quite clear to start off the season. Uh, this is a player who whose biggest strengths are uh, finding open space in the offensive zone. Uh, his off-puck uh, roots in the offensive zone, especially in transition, are really, really strong. He's very good at just driving the middle, at cutting in front of a defender, kind of creating space where there's very little space to be created and kind of planting himself in there. And he has a very, very good uh, catch and release uh, shot. So he's been using that a ton with Andrew Crystal, who's such a capable playmaker and can find him in situations where, uh, again, like can just get a, a very, very quick shot on goal. 
and uh, they've been combining for a lot of points so far this season, where again, less creating uh, rebounds and he's scoring and Crystal's often kind of fetching those rebounds and he's putting uh, the puck into positions where Ginla can score quite easily, uh, which has been so nice to see because Kelowna was a bit of a painful team to watch last year where it was, it was the Andrew Crystal and Caden Price show who were uh, two very, very skilled, but also extremely uh, inconsistent players last season. Uh, so Kelowna was always a, a team that was a bit of a struggle to watch, but it's a lot better this season so far. And again, was definitely a part of that. That said, I do think that he's still a bit limited in what he can do. Um, and this is still a very early season take. So I'm going to uh, pad that with, uh, by also saying that this is these are the first top six minutes that, again, let's bit really seen at the WHL level at all. So it's understandable that there are some growing pains there. So yeah. with the puck on a stick, I've seen him try to, to do some really interesting things. Uh, so he's trying to kind of layer lateral movement into his puck rushes with the puck on a stick, but he's not, not the most dynamic skater. So it's not always the most effective kind of tool that he has. He's a lot more effective kind of straight line and off puck as, as, as kind of in transition to kind of push defensives back and kind of allow Andrew Crystal to be that primary puck carrier. Yeah. Uh, that said, I, there's, def there's definitely some growing room with the puck skills with the Ginla. I just don't think it's going to be a strength. Same can be said with the playmaking. He, he's had a couple of nice passes, but he's a goal scorer first and foremost, which fits quite nicely in this line where Andrew Crystal is kind of more of that primary playmaker uh, and they complement each other quite well. Uh, but I'm kind of with you, Hattie. As of right now, I'm not really seeing a player that screams first round. Uh, but the production's very, very nice, and there are a couple standout skills that could really become more and more impressive as, it's, as the season goes on. I'm thinking especially with that catch-and-release shot. Uh, it's, mm -hmm. it's a real weapon at the WHL level, uh, and the off-puck instincts are just so, so impressive and bode really well in terms of raising that floor of NHL projection up a bit. Uh, but as of right now, he looks more of a second round talent, uh, from my estimation, considering what we've seen in past drafts. Yeah. Uh, like it, I think you could, you can compare him in some ways with a player like Cohen Zemer, for instance, last season, where again, has less physicality, but he's a lot, I think he's more intelligent. He's a better skater by a little bit, but mm -hmm. the raw shooting skill is probably a bit lower. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's super interesting. And as far as like the, the children of NHL stars go, Again, it's one of the better uh, ones that we've seen recently. Definitely outshining yeah. like like the kids of Martin Saint Louis and the other big name uh, children that we've seen recently. Absolutely. Um, you know what's interesting with me is I'm, I'm looking to to see one thing that could really revolutionize the way that he plays on the puck and its ability. It's his ability to make plays through contact. I'm I'm still mm. hesitant on that. I feel like yeah, if he gets pressured, if he gets you know not necessarily you know hit. You know, anyone will go down if they're hit hard enough, but I'm talking when he's leaned on, when he's pushed, um, when he's pressured from the back, that kind of thing. I see him kind of uh, hesitate with the puck. I want to see a player who in who initiates contact, who gets under players' uh, body weight and, and makes plays through contact. If we can get that out of Tijiginla, I think that that will greatly improve his ability to make plays on the puck. Because right now, a lot of his hockey comes away from the puck his ability to find space in the offensive zone his ability to hit those little pockets make plays you know play give and go that kind of stuff that's all real good but i'm looking for a player who is able to handle contact because you'll get a lot of a lot more pressured situations in the nhl than unpressured and that's a big yeah. uh, um 
it's a big barometer for a lot of players who hit the NHL or hit the pro level in North America. Um, that's where they hit a wall usually. Um, and that's what makes Zach Benson so good, for example. Zach Benson yeah. is so good at making plays through contact and um, and engaging physically and and coming out with the puck, that kind of stuff. If, if we can get see some of that with with Aginla, we're talking about a player who could really change the way that he approaches the game. Um, and I really like those players who are just one tweak away from yeah. being really, really good. Because... Um, you can just you can just sit with your development team and say, hey, how how workable is this? How how adjustable is this specific area of their game? And if they see it as an objective they can definitely work on and tweak, um, you know, for sure, go for it. Uh, but so far, from what we've seen, it's a bit early to place again in the first round. But that wraps things up for today's episode. Thank you very much for tuning in. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe. Leave us a comment letting us know what you want us to talk about next. And if you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform, make sure to make us your first listen of the day. For your second listen of the day, make sure to check out Lockdown Sports Today. They've got all your news and updates about what's going on in sports. And make sure to tune in for our next episode as we continue our prospects content throughout the week. This has been Hattie Calacash for Sebastian High, and we hope you tune in next time.